here with a conversation with Dr. Stephanie Brown. And uh, exciting. Thank you for joining us, Stephanie. Oh, um, thank you. You're a soul linguist. Soul linguist. I, I am. I, You know, I struggled for a lot of years trying to figure out who, what I really did and and what name uh, that people could really relate to. And I just recently really come to that conclusion that I really do. I speak the language of souls, whether those souls are animals or people, deceased or living. But that is really what I do. Wow. You know, um, Dr. May I call you Stephanie or Dr. Yes. Brown? Yes, What's your please. Name? Stephanie. Call me Stephanie. Stephanie. Yes. Wonderful. Um, Stephanie, I've known you for a while, and I just love your work. So, but you said you know going to start to pick up two loaves of bread or one, you know, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about really helping the soul and where, where things, for me at least, have gone astray a little bit. And, and for that, I really appreciate you for. And, and the, um, the message that you're able to give, I understand you started with your gift many, many, many years ago. How did you know you had this gift? Well, that's a really, it's a really fun story, actually. I was with my family. I was about eight years old, and I was with my family on vacation, and we had gone to visit some cousins who had horses, and I was just standing on the outside of the stall speaking to this horse, and my brother was standing next to me, and he just started picking on me. You know how little kids are. Um, and he, he started telling me I didn't know what I was talking about. And I said, well, that horse is talking about having a sore foot. And he said, no, you don't know that. That horse didn't say that to you. So he was just teasing me. And I, you know, I remember that was really when I understood that not everybody could talk to animals like I did. And so... Um, to make a long story short, I I really thought that if I chose to go into veterinary medicine, then I would be among my own people. And so I went to school and I became a nurse for animals and I worked in veterinary medicine. I worked with exotics and I worked in small practices and big practices and managed a number of practices. And after about 20, 25 years, I realized I had gotten away from the animals more than I really wanted. And I chose to actually leave the profession and go back to school and finish off my doctorate in metaphysics and start working with people on uh, on a soul level and working with animals on a soul level. And I have not looked back. I've I've loved every minute of it, and I love my clients, and I love what I do. And that is, it really is truly a blessing to be working in your passion. Yes, I definitely understand that, and it is. It's just finding your passion that a lot of people seem to have a little problem with. Can you help them with that? I can. I can. It, it's. Um, my practice is is pretty well divided in half. Half of my practice is life coaching with people, where 
we go through and we really discover changes that you want in your life and whether those changes be about discovering your passion or improving the relationship with your spouse or improving the relationship with your pets. Um, that it, I really work on relationships and work on improving the communication. And when you improve the communication, it opens up the door to so much more love in our life. And when you work on that communication or that relationship, even with your relationship with your God or your spiritual um, belief system, then, you know, what happens is you just honestly, your life lights up and you're happier and you're able to face the world in a whole new way. Mm. How do you take information in that you use in your work? Is so, it something you hear or something you see? Yeah, I, I'm technically what is considered a clairvoyance. So what that means is I do hear things, I see things, I feel things, and I always see it like a radio broadcast system. So the radio broadcast station projects out a radio wave that goes through the earth and goes through the air and goes to your car, and you can play it through your car radio or you can play it through the receiver in your home, and it is interpreted through the speakers. Well, I work with that with souls that are deceased or with animals, too. And so wow. those souls are that broadcast station, and I tune into that frequency, and then I become the speakers, and I'm able to share that information with the owners or share the information of deceased family members with their family that are currently living. Wow. What what if animals are very interesting to me? I mean, you know, uh, my dog, I'd love to be able to communicate with him a little better. He seems to be finding to let me know exactly when he wants something to eat or do this or do that. But have you noticed one type of animal over another in their communication style? No, like not in their communication style. Um, they communicate, they do communicate non-verbally. So it, there's some great work happening in science right now in, in the fields of biology and psychology. And so our scientists are really starting to quantify this telepathy. And the dogs will speak either through pictures or if it's a dog that's like a service dog, whether it be a service dog for the blind or a service dog that is a police dog or a service dog that works with disabled people or even a dog that has spent a lot of time around people learning our language, that dog will oftentimes know how to project or um, utilize our language to communicate with. And some dogs will communicate through sensations, feelings that they have, emotions that they have, sensations of this part of my body hurts or that part of my body hurts. And so they'll choose one of those and they'll work with me in that. The nice thing is is that because I am so practiced at this, 
then I'm able to give back to them information in a language that they can comprehend. And so it can really help uh, with the relationship between the pet and the owner. So it's not always the pet as well. I'm sorry. You help the pet? I mean, well, I'm saying when you get the information from the from the pet or from the dog or cat, or it, it, do you find that you can also help the dog or cat at the same time? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's always nice because the dogs and the cats, they're here to give us lessons and and they help us with so many things. I can't tell you, just countless lessons that animals have taught. And one, you know, this is probably going to be a really difficult story, but one of the greatest lessons I'd learned when I was working in veterinary medicine was this really delicate subject called euthanasia. And it was a real challenge at first because as a licensed technician, the responsibility was often put upon my shoulders that I was going to be the one that would have to euthanize an animal. And I always felt like I wanted to be in that place of love uh, at that time so that that animal could actually feel love when they were making their transition. Mm-hmm. And animals, ahead of time, they would say, I'm ready to go. I'm tired of suffering. I'm tired of just dealing with having a body that's failing me. And they were so clear about this whole process of being willing to let go of a body that was a problem and move on as a soul because their soul was so limitless and their soul was so full of love that they were really ready to move on. And so that was a really difficult lesson because I was young and I wanted to help heal every single animal that came through. And one of the animals, it was it was a dog actually that, I was having a conversation with, and I said, could you please explain this to me? And he was such a sweetheart. He said, "He said, well, here's the deal. We have had a long, long relationship with mankind, and our natural process has always been to separate ourselves when we were getting older and when it was time for us to make our transition so that we could support nature and make our transition in a very natural way. And whether that was to fall prey to a bigger predator or it was to go and to die quietly and give our body back to the earth, that was what we did. Now we live in homes. And we don't have the option of wandering away from our own pack to complete the cycle of life on our own. And so this is a way that we can very nicely and continue to provide dignity to our animals that it is something that we can offer them as to allow them to make their transition without suffering. Wow. 
So if an animal is seemingly healthy and young and falls prey, is that something they you learn might be clear game? Is it something by their choice? This is, it still is always a debate, right? It, it is that thing that there will be a number of people out there who will, who will bring up and say, oh, that, that innocent one didn't have an option. Well, there's some truth to that, but there's also truth to that little one had such an evolved soul that it was willing to sacrifice itself so that someone else could live. Oh. They're that evolved at times, huh? They are that evolved. And that's very difficult for us. You know, every soul is at its own developmental level. And not every soul walks onto this earth basically having a doctorate in living. You know, there's people out there that are learning about starvation and poverty and greed and power, and they have all of these lessons in front of them. We can't do it all in one lifetime, but what we can do is we can do the best, li- the best that we can with each lifetime. So basically, all of us are learning the art of learning, living. Yeah. With each yeah. lifetime, and we're learning our lessons to be a better person. To be a better person, to have greater understanding, to have greater tolerance. To I remember one day there was a I was taking Tai Chi from this lovely master, and he said, "There's many pathways to the top of the mountain." Which one is best? Well, the only one that is best is the one that you're on at the time. Sometimes we may choose to wander around the mountain 10, 15 times before we get to the top. Other times we may choose to go straight to the top and that may come with peril or danger or whatever it is. But And then there's times that maybe we choose to do a combination of that. But there's no one one way to achieve getting to the top of the mountain. It really is about owning who you are, recognizing that in that ownership, the greatest power that you have is the power of choice. And in your choices, do you choose to harm or do you choose to help? Mm-hmm. Good point. Those are our choices, aren't they? Yeah. Wow. Stephanie, I love our conversation. And may we have another one soon? I would love that. I'm honored. Well, I have your website. It's. Um, would you like to um, say your website? And that will also be listed on my site, carolinewallred.com. Yeah. So my, my website is stephanielbrown.com. And that is spelled all one word, no periods, nothing. Just S T E P H A N I E dot C O M. And through the website, it's you can schedule appointments. You can read about me. You can read about things that people have said about me. 
it really is a fun site. So I welcome people to come visit. Oh, you have to visit everyone who's listening because I'll tell you, I've known Stephanie for so many years. I, we shall we say 20 some years and yeah. she has made a difference in my life and I know she'll make a difference in yours. Thanks for joining us and uh, we'll talk soon. Thank you. All right. Take care. God bless. Bye.